No matter how much we know or think we know about God and His Word, there is always more. Today on Always More, Rebecca Keener discusses how the Holy Spirit is relevant to our everyday lives. He is the one who is our comforter in times of need and gives us the power to live a victorious life. Now, here's Rebecca. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Always More TV. I'm Rebecca Keener and it's wonderful to have you with us today. This is a program all about the Holy Spirit and we've been in a series these last couple of weeks on courage in the Holy Spirit and how we need to learn to take courage in the Holy Spirit. I'm here with my good friend, Ann White. Welcome, Ann. Thank you. It's great to be back. Thank you for coming back another week with us. And she is the president and founder of Courage for Life Ministries. And you can find out all about Courage for Life and the great things they are doing to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out all around the world at her website there on the screen. But thank you for coming again today. And Mm. you've been giving us homework. So if you missed (laughs) a program, you can always go back on our YouTube channel Mm. and check that out. Really good meat that we can just hold on to and you know, just get some strength from for the year ahead. So These are just thank real you. life experiences, Rebecca. You yeah. and I have such a, um, have we've been through a lot. And even yeah. during the years of me building the ministry, you know, just seeing all of that grow and, and how God um, has worked so mightily. But, you know, it is, it's about everyday life. It's about mm-hmm. incorporating God and his word and the Holy Spirit into our everyday life. Amen. Well, the Lord really put it on my heart, very strong to have her come and be with us these weeks and so that you could hear from her. I know the Holy Spirit's going to speak through you in a great way today. So let's have a word of prayer and we'll get right into our our lesson for today. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for all of our friends who are watching today. We give you praise for them, Lord, and we just thank you that you are right there with them, just like you're right here with us now. And what a privilege to share the Word of God together. And I pray, Father, you'll speak a a rhema word to us today that we'll never forget. In your holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, let's talk about courage and relationships yes. today. Yes. Oh, it boy. does take courage to have relationships. It because does. You got, God made us for relationships. Mm-hmm. We talked about that in our last program yeah. as we were talking about taking a self-inventory of our fears mm-hmm. um, and what we're afraid of. And, and our fears can affect our relationships. Yeah. And so it takes courage to have healthy relationships. That's right. You and I've had to have courage to have a relationship. (laughs) Well, in in everything we do. It's like iron sharpens iron. And you've been that person for me. And I feel in some ways I've been that person for you. You absolutely have. You know, um, I love the fact that throughout God's word, he talks about, and I call them the one another's, you know, lift one another up, sharpen one another up, pray for one another. Mm. And we look at all of those commands that God says, um, we're to be together. Yeah. You know, we're to disciple one another. We're to lead others to Christ. We're yeah. to uh, encourage one another. Mm-hmm. Pray and, with one another. We've done that many, many times And I'm before. grateful. Me too. We need to do more of that, yes, don't we? we? Do. We do. <laughs> Always more. <laughs> Always more. Yeah. Get us uh, uh, kicked off with our text scripture, if you oh. would, and just do some teaching on courage and relationships. Well, I'm just telling you, when you put this passage down, I just jumped my my soul and my Holy Spirit Woo. just jumped for joy. Because, Hallelujah. Uh, we're in John today and in John um, chapter 16, 33, 
is where Jesus is preparing to pray the longest prayer that we have recorded in the Bible. It is Jesus's final prayer before he is going to be crucified. And so he's praying to God that God's will be done. He's praying for his disciples. He's praying for you and I, future believers. Mm -hmm. And um, right before he begins his prayer, let's read John 16, 33. Okay. And I'm reading out of the NLT. Okay. And so my version says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Mm. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Wow. Why don't you read that? And you're reading out of the New King James? New King James. Yeah. It says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, mm -hmm. but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Thank God. Powerful. It is powerful, yeah. especially in our day and time um, where we need to be encouraged that with God, we can have peace because in many of our lives, um, whether we lead a very hectic, busy lifestyle or whether, you know, the what's going on culturally and around us has mm. impacted our job or impacted our family or impacted our friendships. Yeah. Um, we need a place that we can find hope and peace. And we need to be reminded that Jesus came and he told us all of these things. Everything he taught his disciples is what yeah. he's saying. This culmination of my teachings I've given them to you. I'm mm -hmm. leaving you with the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and I'm leaving you with the word of God when I ascend to heaven yeah. because this is what's going to teach you and lead you into hope and peace. And it does. Powerful. I love that Jesus never sugarcoated following him. He never said, mm -hmm. follow me and it's going to be like candy cane and we're just going to be in an amusement park and it's just going to be so awesome and you're just going to have so much fun. And, you know, he never said, he mm -hmm. said, you will have persecution. Yes. You will have tribulation, mm -hmm. but be of good cheer. Mm -hmm. For I've overcome the world. Mm -hmm. He he never tried to just um, yeah. you know just be a slick salesman to get people to follow him. That's correct. Mm -hmm. And he even told us. I mean, he he went through becoming human for us. He mm. became flesh and blood. Wow! Not only so that he could communicate and directly with us and teach us in a way that we could understand. Mm -hmm. But also he experienced everything we experienced. If you think about it, what's pretty amazing about our savior and our high priest is that, and his word even tells us that he's experienced everything we've experienced yet without sin. Mm. And so we have someone who has compassion for what we've done or been through yeah. because he's experienced temptations mm -hmm. and he showed us how to get out of it. Right. He showed us in his temptations that he combats Satan's ploy with the word of God. And we can do the same in his final prayer. Rebecca, I absolutely, it's my favorite chapter. You see, I've got this whole chapter highlighted and written it. and I teach on it often. Tell us. Because he goes on to talk about, um, uh, lots of components in here. Okay. So first, if you go to verse 13 and he says, um, now I'm coming to you, Father. He's talking to the Lord. He says, I told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with my joy. So now he's told us, I've, I've warned you, I've taught you many things so that you can have peace in me. We can mm -hmm. find our peace in Christ. But he also wants us to be filled with his joy. Mm -hmm. He said, I have given them your word. 
and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to this world. I'm not asking you to take them out of this world, he says. Wow. But to keep them safe from the evil one. Mm. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. There's so much to glean in there. If you look at this verse 17, 13, we can embrace joy in Christ Jesus right yeah. there. Then if we look about embracing his protection from evil is in 17, 15. We can grow spiritually stronger by meditating on his word. And that's in 17, 17. And then in 17, 21, here is something I think is very important. It's often overlooked. Yeah. He says, be unified. Okay. Mm -hmm. So 17, 21 says, I pray that they will be one just as you and I are one. And you are in me, Father, and I am in you. Mm -hmm. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Now, he doesn't want us to be unified with, you know, unbelievers and unbelieving things. He wants us to be unified as the body of Christ mm -hmm. so that we can be love to this world, so that we can represent Jesus to this world, mm -hmm. so that like him, we can be known to be kind and gentle, mm -hmm. but standing on truth. Wow. And it takes courage to do that. It really does. To be known by our love mm -hmm. that we have to be the body of Christ in the church has to come to a place where we are known by the world, by our love for one another, yeah. that we stick together. Right. And we're not there yet. No, we? we're not. We're not. He but, tells us, I want you to be in this world, yeah. but I don't want you to be of the world. Yeah. And that's very significant. I think anything we do in life, we have to say, okay, I'm in work and mm -hmm. I'm in a secular job. You know, but I don't need to be of maybe some of the things that are going on here. Yeah. You know, I can be different, um, but in a kind and respectful way that it draws people to me instead of pushing people away. Yeah. Uh, so there's so many situations out there. You know, and you think about he is um, modeling courage for relationships by his prayer for mm -hmm. the people that were the closest around him, his disciples. That's right. And he knew that one of those disciples was going to betray him. Mm -hmm. He knew that one of those disciples was going to deny him. Mm -hmm. He knew that one of those disciples was going to doubt him and mm -hmm. doubt his resurrection. And mm -hmm. he had to hold out his hands and say, put your hands in the holes of my uh, put your hands in the in my hands to fill the holes. And, um, you know, I, I think that takes courage when we pray for our family, when we pray for our friends, mm -hmm. pressing past the imperfections, the failures, the difficulties, the sin, the challenges without judgment. Right. He just loved without unconditionally, without judgment. He did. That's grace. Yes. That's, and that took courage. It did. Mm -hmm. In our seven steps to courage, that is our final step, the E step. Say it. In courage. Yeah. And that is embrace a life of grace. Wow. And this is really what it's, it's all about in relationships. Now, there's all sorts of relationships out there. We're, we're going to have healthy ones, unhealthy ones with our family members, mm -hmm. siblings, um, loved ones, spouses, coworkers, friends, yeah. church members. There are going to be times that we're going to be in conflict, communication issues with these um, these people in our life. 
What we have to do, though, God is calling us to be unified and to be loving and kind, but to stand on his truth and to let your light shine in and through you. And I truly believe that um, what Jesus is calling us to do here is what he modeled so perfectly for us. He loved unconditionally, but he also stood on truth. Yeah. Okay. So if there's a healthy boundary that you need to set with someone who is being verbally abusive or being mistreating, and you can say to them, um, you know, until you can talk to me in a kind and loving way, until mm-hmm. we can sit down and have a conversation, um, we just need to take a time out. Mm-hmm. We need to take a break from talking mm-hmm. until we can come back together and speak with care. And I remember when I was in counseling, working through a lot of my issues just only about eight, nine years ago, um, I really, I, we never really got taught communication skills. And that's one of the most important components of any relationship. Yeah. You know, God wants us to communicate yeah. with him in loving and kind ways. He wants us to communicate with one another. True. And so often we get caught up in um one of the the counseling things uh, that we talk about in the book is I call them the four conversation killers. Okay. They're also called the four horsemen of the apocalypse, but (laughs) they are Mm. criticism, defensiveness, Mm -hmm. stonewalling, and contempt. And they come kind of in that order and they create this dance within a relationship. Can you say it one more time? Yes, I can. For all of us. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to think about this. So the first thing is criticism. Mm Um, criticism can be very minor, mm-hmm. but, you know, even just complaining about something someone's doing in the way that it criticizes them. Yeah. What's the first thing they're going to do? They're going to get defensive. Yeah. If we get criticized, what's the first thing we are likely to do is get defensive. Yeah. If we allow that pattern to go on mm-hmm. of criticism and defensiveness in this relationship, mm-hmm. it's going to lead to stonewalling. In other words, I'm just not going to listen to you anymore mm-hmm. or even contempt where there's just anger, bitterness and unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. And this is a cycle yeah. that we can get into that absolutely 100% destroys the relationship. Mm-hmm. So if we can find something nice to say, I, I remember going through counseling um, One of the things my Christian counselor first said is you start by communicating with care. So you can tell the truth. Jesus says, speak truth in love. That's difficult sometimes. But you can say something in such a way that you say, I care so much about this relationship Mm -hmm. that I I need to express how I feel. Yeah. You know, how what. And I may not be right, but this is how I feel inside. And I I really want to know how you feel. I want to know, can we work through this? Because I care about this relationship. Because Mm -hmm. then that kind of takes the temperature of the conversation down. And you may not get that defensiveness. Um, It's it's really work. Mm -hmm. It's it's not an easy thing to do. And it's a process bit by bit. Mm -hmm. But it takes a lot of courage to step out. And two, if someone criticizes you, they're looking, maybe not looking, but um, most likely they're expecting a defense back because that's usually the the typical response. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of courage for when someone criticizes you, for you to sit there for a second and say, can I own any of this? Is there any part of what they're saying that's true? And can I thank them for sharing it? And that I will think about that because yeah. now you're going to completely diffuse yeah. that that heated cycle that's wow, in. That so these so are good. things that I've I've learned that have Ooh. really changed my relationships. And as we go and work with at-risk women, 
we want to help them repair the relationships that have been broken because yeah. most relationships are broken because there's hurt and pain in the past. Um, for whatever reason, we carry it into our future relationships. We so do. having that grace that we talked about, mm -hmm. I've got to have grace for myself and the mistakes that I've made. But I've also got to realize that people that have hurt me in my life or the person who I'm in a difficult relationship with now is a broken person. That's right. And I need to see past that and see mm -hmm. that God forgave me. He has grace for me. I need to have grace for them. Yeah. Now, if they're repeat offenders, I'm going to set a healthy boundary, but mm -hmm. I'm going to speak in a loving way and communicate that to them mm -hmm. and say, I can't continue in a relationship with you because you're hurtful, you know, or let me say this, not you, because that's a criticism. Mm -hmm. The relationship is hurtful to me. I'm mm, hurt. That's a good I'm way to put it. I'm hurt in this relationship. Yeah. I get hurt. I get um, mm -hmm. whatever, express how you're yeah. feeling. And so I'm going to have to back away from yeah. this conversation or relationship. Wow. Um, but I would, if we can come back together at some point and talk caring mm -hmm. to one another and in a loving way, I would very much love to do so. Yeah. And those trigger words also, you always do such a boy, Edward, he hears me, <laughs> you always, you never do, da, 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 whatever it is, you know, and I, you know, that criticism is so painful too, you know, and I know that it's, it's particularly painful and it's so easy to fall into that. Oh, well, you saw how I just did it. I, I mean, I would say I, it's hard. Yeah. It's not easy. It takes easy. courage and, and, and you have to stop. Remember yeah. God said, be slow to speak, mm -hmm. you know, contemplate and listen when someone's talking. Yeah. Even if they're criticizing, listen and, and. Let them get it out. Don't immediately come That's into good. a defense mode. Um, but then ask the Holy Spirit to come in and help you speak truth and love mm. to this person. Have the courage to just be quiet and be still. That is so good. You know, your book breaks down the healthy traits and the unhealthy traits, the healthy attitudes yes. and the unhealthy attitudes. What comprises, what makes up a healthy person? Those were so convicting to me. I just wanted just to meditate on those, you know, and the word says that the word to think on these things, that whatsoever things are lovely or true, noble, yes. a good report. You know, sometimes we overlook completely the beautiful things about yes. the people God has put in our life mm -hmm. because we're focused on that one little nitpicky you know, criticism that we just can't yeah. get past, or it could be a big thing, you know, yes, it but, could, but talk to us a little bit about those traits, the healthy and the unhealthy. I'm well, putting you on the spot. here. You are, but I think the important thing in here is to look. So I just want to mention this before we talk about yes, the traits yes. specifically. I think many of the women, especially the women we look at, um, some of them have been emotionally, sexually, physically, you know, yes. abused. Yes. Mentally serious abused. violations. Very seriously. Serious mm -hmm. violations yes. that um, are just horrific. We work with the at-risk and incarcerated population. But many of these women that haven't been physically abused didn't really understand how mental and emotional abuse has destroyed them. Okay. Wow. So whether it be you know, that constant verbal abuse that comes across, mm -hmm. the down, the berating, the telling them they're stupid all the time, that can be so demeaning. And so, and, it, and it just filters on. And then they yeah. go into their teenage years or their young married years mm -hmm. or single years 
with this hurt and this shame and this self-condemnation that yeah. leads them into drugs and all sorts of other things that lands them into these shelters or incarcerated um, yeah. facilities. So what we have to do is we have to help them identify the scars from those relationships. And we're not going to go back and, and help them say, I'm a victim and live in their victimhood. That's right. You have to identify where the scars are so you can heal them. Yeah. So then you got to move past that mm -hmm. and say, okay, I've identified where these scars are. And I've identified that there was someone in my life that really left me with some triggers. Mm -hmm. And so hurt people hurt people. That's right. And so when they have a trigger come up that's from their past, and I've had these, I know it, oh, and that's yeah. why I wrote about it, mm -hmm. um, you're going to lash out. That's just what you're going to do. You're going to hurt somebody because you're hurting. It's mm -hmm. brought up a pain in your life. They've opened yeah. up a wound. And that's a vicious cycle. So you begin to realize that what is it that was hurt? Where are these healthy and unhealthy traits? Where are these healthy and unhealthy coping skills? So a healthy trait you know, obviously is being loving and caring and kind and considerate and all of the things that God says. The fruit he wants of the Holy make. Spirit. Yes, it is <laughs> the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the bottom yeah. line. Absolutely. Yeah. And we rely on the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit to help us walk in that because That's as our right. human flesh, we don't want to. We don't have a chance. We don't. Do we? we don't. We do not. So we have <laughs> to, we really have to just continue to try and do better each day. And we're going to fail and we're going to fall, yeah. um, but we're going to confess and we're going to get right back up and try again. That's it. Because God's going to give us the courage to do so. Unhealthy traits, obviously, are pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're criticizing someone, we're um, being defensive, we're coming against them, we're gossiping, so forth and so on. But it's those coping skills and how do we repair that relationship? Mm -hmm. So relationships are going to be broken that's the human nature of yeah. what the world in which we live. But what we do to repair those relationships, are we willing to go back and try to make a repair attempt to be loving, kind, forgiving, even if the other person is not? Mm. Because when one person changes in a relationship, the relationship changes. Mm -hmm. You look at that dance we talked about with the criticism, defensiveness, stonewalling, and contempt. It's a circle. It's just going to keep going until it implodes and the relationship's completely destroyed or someone gets hurt. If someone has the courage to come in and change that, mm. they're criticized, they don't defend. Mm. They say, okay, I'll think about, I'll think about that. And wow. um, uh, I don't feel as if I do that, um, but give, I need, I just need some time to think yeah. about that. And I appreciate you sharing how you truly feel. Yeah, that's good. Um, it stops that portion of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And that may be very difficult. If someone's screaming at you, you don't want to put up with that. You want to put a healthy boundary in place. A way to cope with that is to say, um, you know, until you can speak kindly, I'm not going to be able to have a conversation with you. And yeah. we're just going to have to put a healthy boundary in place. Yeah. Um, but there's a way of doing that. And we're not always going to get it right, but there's a way of doing it in a loving and kind way. So it's the response and it's that repair attempt. And how do we do that? And then not carrying that bitterness and unforgiveness around. Mm. Um, we have, we're going to destroy ourselves mm -hmm. by carrying that around. Sometimes we wear it like a medal, like, oh, yeah. you know, or, you know, we maybe just developed a, a mental, uh, attitude of victimization we're mm -hmm. we're and and we don't know any other way we don't know what it 
is like to be happy or have a happy home right. because we've maybe not had that modeled or, right. you know, maybe there are people who are watching who were raised in just pure hell situations. Yeah. And it takes courage to believe God for a happy home. Yes, mm-hmm. it does. It does. And he will give you, if you, if you truly um, seek help and seek godly counsel, that yeah. would be my greatest, um, you know, recommendation. I know yeah. it changed my life, but I had to look in the mirror. I had to look and see what what are my contributions because I brought I a lot of stuff in from childhood. I talk about it in my book, Courage for Life, because I want to be transparent and I want to say, you know, we all come through our childhoods with some kind of scar, yeah. some kind of something. We're not you're not going to live in this life and not have had some kind of injury along the way. Sure. And what you do is you build those scars up, and if and if allowed to, and some have a lot deeper and a lot bigger scars than others. But no matter what, those scars can be healed. That's right. And through the, the blood one, of Jesus. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And by loving, godly yeah. brothers and sisters in Christ who are willing to come alongside you and just encourage you. Mm, so true. Oh. Where is our time gone today? It's too fast. Hey, you're going to give us some homework before we go. Yes, yes, yes. So we talked about this. Uh, what I want you to do for this coming week is I want you to list the unhealthy relationships you're currently in. Okay. Where's their conflict? Is it at work? Is it at home? Is it, where is it? And then I want you to pray. I want you to sit down and I want you to spend quiet time over this next week every morning. Those names need to be written down. And Mm. I want you to write down what the Lord reveals to you as you ask him to give you practical steps, how you can make a repair attempt. It may not work because just like I've always said, it takes two to get married and it takes two to stay married. That's right. But you can do your part. We can do our part. And then we release it to the Lord and the Mm. Lord lets happen what happens. But he will make all things work together for good, even if you don't see that that's going to possibly happen and believe that's going to happen. So list the names of those relationships Mm -hmm. that you're in a challenging position with right now and then pray for them every single day and ask the Lord to give you practical steps of things he wants you to do Mm -hmm. and see how he will begin to heal you, Mm -hmm. whether the relationship gets healed or not. Amen. You know, we could just take that that little list and just lay our hands on it and just say, Holy Spirit, just lead me. Mm. Show me what do I need to do? Give me wisdom, Lord. Give me knowledge. Give me understanding. Help me in this relationship. I pray for your divine intervention and that you would bring comfort and healing. Pour out your healing power on this situation that seems overwhelming that I am not able to handle on my own. Just lean into him. Just push into him and let him do it and just sit back and watch him do it. You know, sometimes we just try to get in there and fix it. We make it worse, don't we? do every (gasps) single time. But the Lord, will he will intervene in such a great way. Well, Ann, this has been phenomenal. We needed... 10 more programs on this. Absolutely. Well, we can, we can talk for days. This is where <laughs> the rubber meets the road, isn't it? You know, whether or not we're going to allow the power and the fruit of the Holy Spirit to come through right in our homes, right around the kitchen table and the kitchen sink and the laundry room and, you know, the real, the realities of life. And that's where we need the Holy Spirit the most. Mm-hmm. And when we get families who are healed, then we'll get 
churches and cities who are healed and a nation that is healed. If you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ today, today is your day. Just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I need you. I need courage in these relationships. Forgive me of my sin. Change my life and he'll do it. We love you here at Always More TV and thank you, Anne, for being with us. It's It's been been fabulous and we'll be back next week. We love you. Check out our website and partner with us. We'd love to have you. God bless you. This program is brought to you by Heritage Christian Fellowship Incorporated and faithful friends like you. Your tax-deductible donation to Heritage Christian Fellowship Incorporated, founded 1974, will be used to support this program. To find out more about how you can be a part of sending the gospel through Always More, contact us at alwaysmoretv.org.